This is video of podcast 43 from learningradiology.com, chest trauma. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. Trauma is the leading cause of death in the United States from ages 1 through 45. Motor vehicle collisions are the largest contributor to blunt chest trauma. The major goal of imaging in trauma is to determine if surgery is required. We're going to look for rib fractures, pulmonary contusions, pulmonary lacerations, abnormal collections of air, and abnormal collections of fluid. Rib fractures are the most common blunt chest injury. They are important because of the internal injuries with which they're associated. In one study, the mortality rate reached 12% in individuals who had rib fractures associated with their chest trauma and it was estimated that there was a blood loss of 100 to 150 cc's per rib fracture. In another study, elderly patients with three or more rib fractures were found to have a four times greater mortality than those who did not. So rib fractures are important markers for significant underlying disease. Ribs four through nine are the most commonly injured. If you see a fracture of rib 1, then you should look for associated facial fractures. Ribs 1, 2, and 3 traditionally have been thought to be protected, and so fractures of those ribs have been associated with serious trauma, like a rupture of a bronchus. Fractures of ribs 4 through 9 could produce pneumothoraces or pulmonary contusions. And if you have fractures of ribs 10 through 12, which are below the diaphragm, then think of liver and spleen lacerations. Three or more contiguous ribs fractured in two or more places can produce a flail chest. This is an example of fractures of the left 9th and 10th ribs. Since the fractures are displaced, there would be greater concern for injury to the underlying spleen. Here is a CT scan of the chest, which demonstrates a portion of a posterior rib, shown by the red arrow, which is penetrated into the lung, having arisen from the location of the blue arrow, and produced not only a pneumothorax, but also a pulmonary contusion. This is a patient involved in a motor vehicle collision who has multiple fractured ribs on the left side. The 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th ribs are fractured posterolaterally. The fourth rib we can see, the two blue arrows, is fractured in two locations. There is an associated pulmonary contusion. This patient did have a flail chest on the left side. Flail chests are relatively uncommon. They are defined as two or more fractures in three contiguous ribs. The flailed segment moves paradoxically with respiration, so that it moves inward on inspiration and outward on expiration. There is almost always an accompanying lung contusion with a flail chest, and it has about a 10% mortality. Pulmonary contusions are the most common pulmonary injury in blunt chest injury. They represent hemorrhage into the lung, usually at the point of impact. They appear within six hours of the injury, and they disappear characteristically within about 48 hours after they appear. 
This is an example of a pulmonary contusion caused by a gunshot. The red circle indicates the presence of bullet fragments in the chest wall and in the lung just beneath the fragments. We can see a fluffy, ill-defined airspace density that represents the pulmonary contusion at the site of maximum impact. Here is a CT scan of another patient who has airspace disease in the posterior aspect of the left lung shown by the red arrow that represents the pulmonary contusion. When we use bone windows, the blue arrow is pointing to the bullet in the chest wall immediately adjacent to the pulmonary contusion. Pulmonary lacerations, also known as traumatic lung cysts or traumatic hematomas, may not be initially apparent because of surrounding contusion. After the contusion is absorbed in 24 to 48 hours, then the laceration may become more visible. A laceration is actually a hole in the lung parenchyma. It usually occurs as do contusions in a subpleural location under the point of maximum impact. About half of all lacerations present as a fluid-filled structure about half are air-filled. And unlike pulmonary contusions, pulmonary lacerations characteristically can take up to six months to clear. This is an example of a pulmonary laceration in the left lower lobe. We can see a relatively well-circumscribed soft tissue density in the left lateral aspect of the lung. Unlike a contusion, it has slightly better defined edges. In this patient, who also sustained blunt chest trauma, there is a pulmonary contusion represented by the fluffy airspace disease in the center of which is a lucency that represents the pulmonary laceration. This is a CT scan of the chest in another patient with chest trauma. The red arrow is pointing to a pulmonary laceration that contains both air and fluid. The blue arrow is pointing to an adjacent pulmonary contusion. Abnormal collections of air include pneumothoraces, pneumomediastinum, pneumopericardium, and subcutaneous emphysema. Pneumothoraces are most frequently caused by rib fractures and trauma. They can also be caused by deceleration injuries or barotrauma. Almost all trauma patients who have a pneumothorax are treated with a chest tube. In order to diagnose a pneumothorax, you must see the very thin visceral pleural white line. There may also be absence of lung markings peripheral to the visceral pleural line, but lung markings may also be absent in cysts or bully, so finding the visceral pleural white line is the key to the diagnosis of a pneumothorax. Beware of skin folds and beware of bully. Here is an example of a right tension pneumothorax. We see clearly the very thin white visceral pleural line and the absence of lung markings peripheral to it. There is a slight shift of the heart and mediastinal structures to the left. The patient also has a scoliosis which is adding to that shift. Here is a CT scan of another patient who has an obvious pneumothorax on the right side. The denser portion of the right lung at the base could represent a pulmonary contusion or an area of aspiration. And you can see that there is a slight shift of the heart and mediastinal structures toward the left, indicating that the pneumothorax is under tension.
Here is a large right-sided pneumothorax to which the red arrow is pointing with very little in the way of shift. And this is a small pneumothorax which should always be sought on the basilar images of a CT scan of the chest when a patient is having a CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis for trauma. Air will rise, of course, to the highest point, which is underneath the anterior chest abdominal wall, and it will be visible as it is here, shown by the red arrows, as a lucency without any pulmonary vasculature. And pneumomediastina may develop after blunt trauma, secondary to pulmonary interstitial emphysema, in which there is a rupture of an alveolus and then tracking of the air back along the bronchovascular bundles to the mediastinum. The mediastinal pleura becomes displaced away from the heart border and presents as a thin white line which resembles a pneumothorax. One finding that can help differentiate the two is visualization of the central portion of the diaphragm called the continuous diaphragm sign. This is an example of a patient with a pneumomediastinum. You can see that there is a very thin white line adjacent to the left heart border. And this is an example of a patient with a continuous diaphragm sign. Normally, the central portion of the diaphragm is not visible because it is silhouetted by the heart, which is of the same density as the diaphragm. But when there is air in the mediastinum, then we see the diaphragm continuously from one side to the other. And here is a CT scan of the upper thorax, which shows the presence of air surrounding the trachea, which is marked with a T, the esophagus, which is the round structure just to the left of the E, and the vessels. This is a pneumomediastinum on a chest CT. Here is a coronal reconstruction, which also shows pneumomediastinum. The white arrow is pointing to air which surrounds the heart. The red arrows show that this air extends above the level of the great vessels. It extends, in fact, into the neck, and this is a pneumomediastinum with subcutaneous emphysema. Pneumopericardium generally requires direct penetration of the pericardium. Air will appear around the heart, but it does not extend above the great vessels. It is very difficult to differentiate a pneumopericardium from a pneumomediastinum. This is an example of a pneumopericardium. The air here is seen as the lucency between the thin white line representing the parietal pericardium and the heart itself but the air does not extend above the great vessels. Subcutaneous emphysema is manifest by streaky air that interposes itself within the muscle, usually over the lateral chest wall or in the neck. A localized form of subcutaneous emphysema implies a penetrating injury at that point. A more diffuse form of subcutaneous emphysema is associated with pulmonary interstitial emphysema. This is a good example of a patient with subcutaneous emphysema. Inside the red circle, you can see multiple streaky densities of alternating white and dark lines representing air that is interposed in the muscles of the chest wall, the typical appearance for subcutaneous emphysema. And this is a lateral neck, which also shows subcutaneous emphysema. The red arrow points to the streaky air in the muscle the white arrow is pointing to a collection of air in the subcutaneous tissue. Abnormal collections of fluid include hemothorax and chylothorax. 
A hemothorax is indistinguishable from a pleural effusion on conventional radiography. On CT scan, a hemothorax will have a higher CT density. Bleeding from the lung parenchyma is usually self-limiting, whereas bleeding from an intercostal artery tends to produce enlarging hemothoraces. Loculation in a hemothorax occurs early. The fibrinous adhesions occur early in the process, and loculation may occur within a matter of days. Here's an individual who has a large right hemothorax produced, obviously, by this bullet. You can see that there is actually a slight shift of the heart and mediastinal structures to the left by the mass effect caused by this large hemothorax. Chylothorax is unusual. The thoracic duct may be torn from blunt or penetrating injuries. The key is the appearance of a pleural effusion several days to a few weeks after the initial injury. The effusion can occur in either or both hemithoraces, and if a pleural tap is performed, it yields lymph. On the left, we see an individual with a blunt chest injury. On day zero, the red arrow is pointing to a pneumothorax. Beneath the pneumothorax, there is a pulmonary contusion, but you can see that the left lung is relatively clear. About two weeks later, the individual develops a large left effusion, as indicated by the red arrow, and this represented a rupture of the thoracic duct. Fractures of the trachea and bronchi are unusual. They usually require severe trauma, usually of a blunt nature, and frequently resulting in fractures to ribs 1 through 3. The main stem bronchi are affected more often than the trachea itself. Fractures of the first through third ribs require a force that can be sufficient to rupture a bronchus. In this individual, there are fractures of the left second and third ribs, pointed to by the red arrows. There is no ruptured bronchus. Features of a fractured trachea or fractured bronchi include mediastinal or subcutaneous emphysema. You should look for a large pneumothorax which does not respond to suction, and if that occurs, think of a rupture of a bronchus. Lobar atelectasis is unusual as an occurrence immediately following trauma. So if you see lobar atelectasis, you should think of the possibility of a ruptured bronchus. And there is a sign called the totic lung sign in which essentially the entire lung would drop down in the thorax because it's no longer being tethered at the hilum. This is an individual who had significant chest trauma and in whom we can see there is atelectasis of the right upper lobe along with a contusion in the left lung. The presence of atelectasis should make you worry about a rupture of the trachea or the bronchus and this CT scan shows air extending outside of the trachea, the white arrow, producing a pneumomediastinum and representing a rupture of the trachea. Ruptures of the diaphragm are also uncommon. The left hemidiaphragm is almost always the hemidiaphragm which is ruptured because it is not protected by the liver. Ruptured diaphragm may be occult for several weeks after the trauma. The rupture can contain omentum, stomach, large and small bowel, spleen, and kidney, depending on the side. And it is an indication for surgery. Imaging will show soft tissue at the lung base. 
It may be difficult to differentiate a ruptured diaphragm from an eventration of the diaphragm or a congenital weakening, and occasionally MRI may be needed to show the rent in the diaphragm best. This is an individual who had blunt chest trauma several weeks before this chest radiograph was obtained. Originally, the radiograph was normal, but in this frontal and lateral view, we can clearly see there is a large soft tissue density at the left lung base. On the lateral view, we can see that it contains numerous air-containing loops of bowel, and this is a rupture of the left hemidiaphragm following trauma. So we discussed rib fractures, pulmonary contusions, pulmonary lacerations, abnormal collections of air, abnormal collections of fluid, and diaphragmatic and bronchial injuries. In another podcast, we'll discuss aortic injuries. So here is your mini quiz. Get ready to pause your computer or MP3 player. How many manifestations of trauma can you find in this one axial CT scan of the chest of an individual involved in a motor vehicle collision? There is a laceration of the lung manifest by the air fluid level where the blue arrow is pointing. There is a pulmonary contusion. There is either a very large contusion or aspiration into the remaining left lung. There is a large left pneumothorax. There is a small right pneumothorax. And there is subcutaneous emphysema. At least six manifestations of chest trauma on this one axial CT scan.